All right. Well, you guys already saw it, but I have to mention it. This year, all throughout the year, every single month, we send money out to uh, people and organizations that need help. And at the end of the year, we, all, we always love to look back and say, okay, what did we do together? And uh, we gave over the last 12 months from January 1st to today, um, or last week, I should say, $192,000 went out the door. All the way across the world to Guatemala, we gave, we gave money to families for Hurricane Harvey that we don't even know. Uh, they, won't, they may not ever be a part of our church, uh, but we were there to help them. Um, there are people that when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to say thank you and he's going to honor you uh, for strengthening. And I believe he's going to introduce us to those people. Um, and you're going to meet people that you had no idea that you were helping while you were here on earth. And uh, I just want to tell you, I have always wanted to be a part of a church like this, uh, where it's not just about what happens inside of these four walls. It's how far can we reach? And the cool thing is, is that the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. And so in order for us to be a source of strength far away, we got to be super strong right here. And so that's why I constantly pray for your marriage. I pray for your finances. Uh, I pray for your state of well-being, your health. We have to be strong together so that we can be a source of strength together. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. All right. Let's dive into a message. It's the last message of the year. So I got a lot to say. I'm going to keep you four or five hours. Thanks, mom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. My mom lives in Alabama, but um, I, I want to talk to you guys today about a refuge, uh, uh, being and staying in a refuge. Um, before I get too far into it, I want to share this story that I heard uh, of this. Uh, he was a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy guy, very, very rich, and he threw a party in his backyard. And when you have a lot of money, you can throw a huge party. And so there were several hundred people there. And uh, he had a band there, and he had a DJ there. And people were walking around with hors d'oeuvres and drinks. And uh, all of a sudden, he got on the mic. And he said, I want to get everyone's attention. I want to get everyone's attention. Uh, and he had these, uh, he, he brought in lights for his party, and he, he shined them down on his swimming pool. And Right in the middle of the swimming pool, there were these alligators kind of swimming back and forth. And everybody was like, oh, my goodness. They didn't know there was alligators in his pool. And he says, I am offering $1 million to the person that can swim to the other side of this pool. And no sooner that he got that word, that last word of the sentence out of his mouth, there was this loud splash and this guy started swimming. I mean, he was just, he was like Michael Phelps. I mean, he's just swimming back and forth. People were screaming. People were, oh my goodness. He made it to the other side. And he was breathing. And they walked up to him. And he said, where did you get the courage to jump into that pool? He says, I don't know about having courage, but I want to find the person who pushed me. And, um, I don't know if that story is true or not, but uh, it resonates with me. Uh, because I feel like 2017 
was a year of getting pushed into a pool full of alligators. Um, some of us got pushed into Harvey. Um, my, my dad was one of them. I've talked about him several times. Uh, he's all excited because he's moving out of his apartment to get back into his house. His house is almost renovated. I think they have a few more walls that they need to put up and, and they're ready to go or some paint or something like that. And they're ready to get back in there. Um, he lost his house and his cars through Harvey. Sometimes we get pushed in and, and it's financial. And sometimes we'd love to have a financial problem because we have a health problem. And if you have a health problem, um, the, you'll take any problem over that problem. Uh, I just want to tell you as a sidebar, if you have good health, you have a great life. You have a great life. Um, but we get pushed into it. And I just feel like 2017 was, was a year where many of us just got pushed into a season or a year where it was just hard. It was just hard. Um, and and I, for, for Allie and I, it was just a tough year. And, and I, I back, I've backed up and, and I feel like that there's, there's a reason why 2017 was, was so tough. Um, for my family, it was uh, even far beyond the example that I gave of Harvey. Um, it was one of the toughest years that my family tree, uh, all the way going to my mom in Alabama, my family tree just had a tough year, really tough year. And, uh, and so I've backed up and I'm looking at 2018 and I just feel like uh, not just me, but you as well, we're backing up. And we're looking at 2018 and we're saying, this is going to be a great year. I'm ready to, to get the stink of 17 behind me and I'm ready for 18. But I've learned a lesson uh, because I've gone through a few new years, right? Um, uh, the, watching the ball come down in New York and we kiss and all that kind of stuff. I've gone through a few of them. And, and, and a lot of times you, there's like they rhyme. The theme for the year rhymes like we're going to heaven in 2007, or um, we want more in 2004. You know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. There's, there's like these little themes that, that go with the year, and you get all pumped up, and you get excited, and then you get about a quarter of the way in, it's just like this year stinks already. Um, but I, I'm, I'm taking it from a different perspective, and, and I hope that I can impart this into you today. What I've learned is that the race is not given to the swift, uh, that it's not by might nor by strength, but it's by his spirit. And so I've backed up and I want to share a scripture with you. Um, it's in um, uh, uh, Psalms chapter 91, verse 1. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See, there's this, there's this mentality that we have to go into 2018 with, saying we know there's going to be storms and there's going to be problems, but I've got to figure out how to stay in the shadow of the Most High. If I'm inside of my car, I've got to be in the shadow of the Most High. If I'm sitting in a business meeting, I've got to be in, a sh in the shadow of the Most High. When I come home, I'm in the shadow. I just stay in his shadow. My mind is always on him. My heart is always on him. And I don't let anybody or anything 
drag me and pull me out of his shadow. This is, this is where we belong. This is where we stay. Because as soon as we get outside of it, we're exposed. And this is the safe place for us to be. I want to say that um, uh, on January the 8th, um, we are going to start a fast, a corporate fast for the church. And I'm, I'm telling it to you now so that you can take the next two weeks or so to think about if you want to be a part of it. And maybe you need to modify it. Maybe you need to change it. Um, and if you feel led to do so, then, then go for it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm sure of the fact that we have to, uh, if you're going to change your life, you have to change something that you do every day. You, you, you don't change your life unless you change something in your life that you do every day. And so we're going to start a 21-day fast that starts on the 8th. And this is what the fast is going to look like. We're going to fast all food except for one meal a day. And we're just going to devote our mind to the Lord. And while if you've ever, if you've never been on a fast before, this is what happens. You look at food and you think, when I'm done, I'm coming after that. You make a list in your head of all the food that you're going to eat when you're done fasting. And, and I've fasted all food before and I find myself brushing my teeth for a long time because it's the toothpaste is the only thing that's been in there. And, and so it kind of tastes like food for a second. But it, it, it's, it, you, you make a list, but then you start thinking how hungry you are. And then you start whispering to God over and over again. Every time you think how hungry you are, you whisper to the Lord, God, I'm starving. But I want you to know I want you more than I want food. I want you more than I want food. And you, you find that you'll start saying that seven, eight, nine, ten times a day. Lord, I want you more than I want food. You do that for 21 days. Because here's the thing. If you're not praying while you're fasting, you're just on a diet. And so we're going to do something we've never done before at Celebration. We're going to open up our doors to the sanctuary every single day for 21 days at 6 a.m. And they're going to stay open until 10 a.m. And I want to encourage you to come. Maybe the most convenient time is 6 a.m. Maybe the most convenient time is 7. Maybe you need to drop the kids off at school and you can't come till 8 or 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. But I want to encourage you to come into the house of God and pray. I know you can pray anywhere. I can pray at my house. It'd be far more convenient if I just pray at the office at my house. It's where I pray usually anyway. Why break my routine? Because there's something about being in the house of God. There's something about that additional sacrifice. There's something about coming to his sanctuary. The Bible says that to come to my sanctuary where my presence dwells. There's something about the unity of people when they pray together. The Lord waited in the book of Acts for 121 people to be together and to be in one mind, in one accord, and then a mighty rushing wind came. You can never have a, a mighty rushing wind until you have unity. That's why when a husband and wife, when they're fighting, uh, 
and they're freezing each other out and they're not talking to each other because they're going to, this is what the world would be like without me. And so we're not talking to each other. I just want to say that when you are talking to each other, there's a unity of the Holy Spirit there. And when you're not talking to each other, Satan is talking to both of you. All right, that was worth the whole day. Um, just chew on that for a little while. But I'm just moving right along. Um, if I step on your toes, I didn't mean to. I'm aiming for your heart. Um, but there's something when we all come together in the sanctuary of God and we begin to worship him. Uh, there's certain things that happen when you fast. In the Bible, uh, there's a whole chapter dedicated to things that happen to a person when they fast and when they pray. Let me read through a few of them and you may find that you need to go on a fast. This is what it sounds like in Isaiah chapter 58. And again, I just want to say if you've missed that starting day, it's going to be January the 9th is the first day of the 21 day fast. Um, it, in in uh, the 58th chapter of Isaiah, it says that the bonds of wickedness are loosed when you go on a fast. Now, when we hear something like that, the bonds of wickedness are loosed, you almost kind of go, okay, take me to the next item on the list. That doesn't apply to me. Let's go to the next one. Um, before we go to the next one, though, the, the bonds of wickedness, I've, I looked it up and I did a study on it. Uh, these bonds, they seem to hold you back. And I don't know if you've ever had a goal where you, when you pursue that goal, you seem to almost get there and then you don't. It's like if you're running a football a hundred yards, you can always get to the 40 pretty easily. But getting past that, it just, you just never seem to get over the hump. And that's what this scripture means. It says, okay, I know that life seems to get really good. The marriage gets good. And then it just, it's kind of like this, uh, a car, um, that, that just like trying to get up this hill and it always gets to this point and then it slides back down. It always gets to this point and then it slides back down. Um, it, it, there, there is a fast. When you begin to fast, the Lord says that burden that you've been fighting, I'm going to remove it. I see that sacrifice. Let me give you several other things that happen when you fast. The second one is this. Heavy burdens are undone. I looked up burdens. And, and burdens means to be distressed or stressed. What's fascinating to me is how we learn to live with stress. If you're the one who works and then you come home at five, six, seven, whenever time you get home, uh, you, you, you know what it's like to whisper to yourself, okay, be up, no stress, focus on the family, focus on the family. And you walk in and, and you got to be happy. You got to be all the way there. Um, it, we learn to live with stress. We figure out how to fall asleep while we're stressed. It takes a while to learn, but we figure it out. Uh, we figure out how to be good company while we're stressed. Because when we're totally stressed out, we're horrible company. And so we figure out how to be good company while we're stressed. I, I like to think about it like this. If you ever had a pebble inside of your shoe, a little tiny rock, and it hurts when you walk. Um, and, and you don't want to take the time to take your shoe off and dump out the rock, right? And so, so what do you do? You, you kind of kick the rock to the front of your shoe. 
that, that little space between your toes and the front of your shoe, right? You kind of kick it, and then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that feels so much better. I don't know if you've ever done that before. But after you walk a few bit, a few steps, or a little while, that stinky little rock comes creeping right back down. And then you start walking on it again. And it starts being uncomfortable all over again. It's kind of like that. It's like the stress level, you, you learn to push it back, and then you learn to function and be happy, and then it kind of creeps back in. And this is what the Bible says, when you, when you fast, I'm going to remove that from you. You're going to have a peace that passes understanding. The problems are still going to be there, but there's going to be a peace that passes understanding. The Bible says this, that every yoke will be broken. Is there a habit? that you hate, and you know the Lord hates too, but you just can't stop doing it. The Lord says, hey, I'm going to break that yoke when you fast. Let me keep going. If you're able to share with the hungry, I don't know about you, I don't want to just pay my own bills. I love looking up there and saying, man, we helped a lot of people. 190, was it 92? $192,000. Uh, I, I went to go buy my son a game at, uh, at the mall yesterday, last night. And I found the game. I was all excited. And I said, I, I found the game, Allie, I found the game. And I started walking up to the counter. And I threw it on the counter. I was like, I want this game. I was so excited because I've been looking for this game forever. And then I'm paying for the game. He's ringing up the game. And I realized that there's a long line of people waiting to check out. And I cut the line. With all my excitement, I was like, I want this game. And they're all looking at me like, who do you think you are? And, and I looked down. The, the next person in line was a dad and this little girl. And she was holding her game in a $20 bill. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy your game. I'm going to buy your game for you. I said, give me your game. I'm going to buy it for you. She, she, held her, <laughs> she, she held it real close. And she looked up at her dad. And her dad was like, I don't know. Just, and the guy behind the counter, he didn't know what to do either. I was like, I'm going to buy your game. I'm going to buy you. Put it in two different bags. Let her keep the receipt. And blah, 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 blah. I buy the game. And, and she got to keep the $20. She got the game. She's walking out. And I thought to myself, that was so much fun. I'm going to go give a whole bunch of money away now. <laughs> And then I was like, I don't have a whole bunch of money to give away. But that, was, that felt really good. And when you fast, the Bible says that he will put you in a position to feed the hungry. This is what happens. There's a supernatural effect. When you begin to trust God like never before, he begins to move in your life like never before. I just want to propose to you that was 2017 a year to push us into a season where we have no choice but to depend on him. I don't know about you, but my bag is out of tricks. I, I, I don't have... When I was 17, 18, 19, I felt like I could conquer the world with my curly hair. I, I felt like that there was nothing I couldn't do. Now I've lost all my hair and it's kind of like Samson, right? You know, now I'm weak and brittle. Um, but we, here's a thought for you. I wonder if sometimes we're too strong to be blessed. Think about that.
We're too strong to be blessed. We're, when you're strong and you're confident, you don't ask the Lord for help. You don't ask him to pave the way because you're doing a pretty good job as it is. Sometimes we're too strong to be blessed and he's got to push us in the pool and, okay, okay, uncle, I'm not strong, I'm not strong, I'm an idiot. He doesn't want you to call yourself an idiot, but he does want you to call for help. And I just have to wonder, was, was 2007, it doesn't hurt to wonder, right? It doesn't hurt to wonder. It was 2017 a year of pushing us in a pool so that we could realize that without him. See, there are some problems we can get out on our own. Uh, but there's other problems. I can't get out of this one. This, this one's too big. And, and I wonder if, if that's what's happening. And, and now we back up and we look at 2018 and say, wow, um, there's a long list of promises that's associated with fasting and praying. And, and I need about half of them. Uh, how many of you remember... Um, this past year, it wasn't just a bad year for, for many of us, it, uh, Houstonians and Harvey. It was a bad year for a lion named Cecil. Do you guys remember that? You guys remember? Uh, there's this, this king of the jungle lion. Uh, for those of you guys that didn't catch the news, maybe you're living under a rock. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's a, a, a lion, um, huge mane. And, uh, and he, he lived on this protected uh, area, his protected refuge. And uh, no hunters were allowed to get on this refuge. And so, uh, so this one particular hunter, um, he, got a, he hired some guys to go out and kill a deer. And he cut, they cut the deer and tied the deer onto a rope and then tied the other part of the rope on the back of a Jeep Wrangler. And the Jeep drove through the refuge, dragging the deer. And so there was this long trail of blood. Well, a trail of blood to a wild lion is just too much to walk away from. He caught that scent and followed that scent and walked right off the refuge. The minute he stepped off the refuge, there was a hunter there and put an arrow right through his heart. Had that lion stayed on the refuge, there would not have been a problem. He was safe. And you see where I'm going with this. I have to say that maybe 2017 was chaotic enough to allow us to say, Lord, I, I need to get under the shadow of the Most High. I need to pray with some fervency. Maybe my prayer life has been disregarded or ignored a little bit too long. Not this year. Not this year. This year is going to be different. This year I'm making a sacrifice. This year I'm laser focused. This year I'm praying with fervency. This year is different. This year is different. You know what's so interesting about Cecil? Uh, Cecil had a brother named Jericho. He didn't catch the news. And, uh, and what they noticed is that uh, for the first time in Jericho's life, 
he started walking and wandering off the refuge. And it was interesting because the, those who oversaw the refuge and oversaw the animals to make sure they were cared for, they started to wonder if Jericho was out looking for his brother. And, and I just want to say that whether you realize it or not, you walk off that refuge, somebody's following you. Somebody is watching you. You walk off that refuge, you have a son watching you. You have a daughter watching you. You have a wife, you have a husband. You have loved ones where they mentally say, okay, you go to church, but under these conditions, you don't go to church. They watch. You act different. You, you, you drift. All of us can think of things that experiences about our parents, things that we remember that they don't know we remember. And I just want to let you know, our kids and our family, they take note of things like this. And when we walk off the refuge, they take note. But in like fashion, you stay on the refuge. They learn themselves to stay off on the refuge. I've been in the ministry, full-time ministry, as my primary occupation. I just came up on my 20th year anniversary. Can you believe that? It's like, I started when I was two, so it just all kind of comes together. Um, and and I've, I've, I've seen a few stories unfold. And there are a lot of times where parents raise their kids in the house of God. And then all of a sudden, their son or daughter begins to trek off the refuge. And the parent freaks because it's like, I didn't raise you that way. I raised you to stay on the refuge. And there's a lot of heartache that goes on. But I've seen it once. I've seen it a thousand times. They get off the refuge and they start experiencing storms. And they know where to run home. They know where home is. They know how to get home. It's almost like the, the is it uh, Hansel and Gretel or whatever, where they follow the breadcrumbs. Was it Hansel and Gretel? Whatever, bad example. Uh, they left the light on, that one's better. <laughs> okay, they know how to get home. And when they get home, you have taught them how to pray. They look out the corner of their eye at you. Your wife and husband, they look out the corner of their eye. Friends and family, the ones that don't come to church, they look out the corner of their eye to find out how often you go to church. They pay attention. Well, if everyone's going to be paying attention, I want to encourage them, get some popcorn because we're raising up the intensity in 2018. It's going to get, we're taking it to a new level. Put your hands together for that. Why don't you stand up on your feet for me? You know, I believe that there is a remnant of people where there's always been, this is important for you to hear, there's always been an ember on the inside of your heart. An ember, like a, like a burning match. There's always been an ember of love, of passion towards the things of God. But you're recognizing that that ember is starting to grow, that the flame 
is starting to grow, that you are more interested and you desire the things of God more today than you have ever before. You desire the things of God. Now, maybe your actions haven't caught up with your desires yet, but deep down in here, that ember has turned into a flame. And I just want to let you know that that fire on the inside of you, that's the Holy Spirit blowing on you. He's pulling you. He's calling you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, everybody in the room? Let me ask you a very important question as the lights come down, please. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? If the answer is no, but today is the day, where you get more serious than you've ever been before, would you just raise your hand right where you are? See, I see hands going up all over this room right now. Can we all just raise both hands as a sign of surrender? Let's say these simple words. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Keep your head down and your eyes closed just for a moment. Keep your hands raised. There's no official dismissal, but our worship team is just going to sing a song. And I feel a sweet presence of the Lord in this sanctuary today. I want to encourage you before you leave, spend a moment worshiping him. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name.